We need more of you, God. So I just pray that, that, you, that you guide my words and guide people's hearts and let them hear what you want them to hear and not hear anything you don't want them to hear. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Okay. I'm trying to think of how to do this. I think I want a chair. So I realized, like, we were talking about the gospel, and I don't know if I preached the gospel right. Because you're all going to hell. You're all going to hell. You're all sinners. You're called to repent from your sins. Repent from your sins. Right now. Repent from your sins or you're going to hell. Jesus came and he's going to judge you. You're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. That's not me. I'm just... That's a scary message. And I don't mean it. I take it all back. That's what was being preached across the street last Sunday. Everyone's, everyone's freaking out. So th- those of you visiting, like, that's not the gospel at all. That's not how I believe. Jesus came and brought love, and that's what we're preaching on. Okay? So don't leave yet, because it's, <laughs> you, should see it. you should see everyone's faces. Like, what kind of church did you bring me into? But last Friday, after we went to Sarah's parents' house for dinner, and Sunday, on the way home, um, there was a group of youth across the street preaching that message. They had a microphone and they were screaming at cars to repent from their sins. They were screaming. Jayla saw it was ugly. Jayla thought there was a fight. She actually thought that they were fighting because it sounded violent and it sounded angry. And, and I listened to them and I don't understand. I mean, the the God that they were screaming about didn't feel like the same God that I know. And so I asked God, God, why? Like, so so we didn't just leave it alone. Michael and I actually went and talked to them. (laughs) And, And I didn't want to go and tell them, like, you have it all wrong and start, I didn't want to fight conflict with conflict. And so I don't even know if I handled it great. I I didn't handle it bad. I don't know if I handled anything. Right? But we talked to them, and and these kids, these high school kids, are telling us about how they got saved, and and they experienced God, and they were, they, they even, this one kid told us how he prayed for someone's ears, and that was deaf, and they got their hearing back. And I'm like, this is, this is amazing. Right? And they're like, we don't want anyone going to hell. And that's why we're out here. we got to evangelize. And, and I was thinking to myself, and, and it was breaking my heart. Because, because what they were doing was they, they were trying to scare people into obedience. They were trying to scare people into repentance. And, 
That's not what Jesus did. And so, you know, we kind of pointed out, like when they talked about how they prayed for this lady, we go, we pro- wow, you know, that's, that's amazing. So she experienced God. They go, yeah. And I go, I bet that changed her life. And they go, yeah. I go, I bet they, they repented. I bet she repented after that. <laughs> I go, but it was through the experience. But just to show the type of control that they were being exposed to was an adult came over and stood behind them and held up his hand like we're in school. I said, sir, do you, do you have a question? <laughs> I felt like I was a teacher. I mean, I'm like, did you have something to say? And he's like, well, what's going on here? I'm like, oh, we just stopped to talk. So, so we were the only ones that stopped to talk, and this guy had a problem with it because everyone else was driving by. I mean, people were honking. I don't know if they were honking. I don't know what they, what they were honking at. But he goes, well, what's going on here? Is this like an educational thing? We're just talking about God. And he goes, well, they're supposed to be leading this. What do you mean? He goes, well, they're, they're in charge of this whole thing. And now they're not over there. And they should be yelling on the street. Oh, and so, so we kind of went away, and we walked back over here, and we prayed, because I, didn't, I honestly, I didn't know how to approach them, because I, I hope that their heart is in the right place. Like, I hope that, to me, I feel like these kids, they're on fire for God, right? But they're misguided. I think they're believing something that might not be the truth. I mean, it's not the truth that I know. I don't think it's the truth that you know. Right? But it bugged me. And anyone that came in contact with me this week knows, like, this has been on my heart all week. Friday, this is what I preached on, at Church on the Street. But it's, it's, it's something that, you know, that we need to, we need to, we need to know and understand fully what Jesus did on the cross for us. And I think that that's what these kids forgot, or they don't know. Because in the Old Testament, you know, the prophets, the prophets were declaring some, they, they were speaking some, some stuff. Like they were, they were telling, you know, places, you're, you're going to get wiped out. You read, you read Jeremiah and you go, man, those Israelites were stupid. But he kept telling them, right? And he was telling them, he was, he, was, he was prophesying destruction, right? Jonah, God wanted him to go, right, declare destruction on the Ninevites. And he didn't go, and he ended up in a whale, and he finally got out of the whale. And then he goes and says, you're all going to get wiped out in 40 days through the city, walking through the city. You're all going to get wiped out in 40 days. And they repented, right? And God had mercy on them. And then Jonah was a baby and said, why? <laughs> the whole thing that's... But you see, this, is, this was under an old covenant, right? Like this, this, this type of preaching isn't foreign to the Bible, but I think it's foreign to what Jesus did. Right? 
Is everything that they were saying wrong? No. I mean, it really isn't. Like, we're called to repent from our sins. We're called to be obedient. There will be judgment. Right? But the motivation that they were using, that wasn't the motivation of Jesus. In the New Testament, John 14. How many of you love John chapter 14? Like that, oh, just like 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Like, it wrecks me. Like, if, if, there's so much revelation in those chapters. I mean, it's, I, I just want to go through a season of just studying them. Because there's so much stuff, and I read it, and there's stuff that distracts me. And you're like, and then you go back and you read it again, and you go, oh my God. <laughs> anyway, chapter 14, 15 through 21. If you love me, say, if you love me. Keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Say, you will see me. Because I live in you and also will live. And you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. That's very different. Like, he's still calling us to obedience, right? He's still calling us to something. Like, he's not saying go live a crazy, sinful life, but it's through love, right? It's through love. How do we become obedient to Jesus? We fall in love with him, right? We fall in love with him. If he says, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. Do you know what that means? If you love him, you'll keep his commands. <laughs> right? It's about love. It's obedience through love. Could you... Did, do you guys remember, like, I think it was like John chapter 43 where he stood up and said, keep my commands or suffer my wrath. Yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> he said, if you love me, keep my commands. It wasn't, it wasn't do this and then get this, Right? It was a different type of motivation. It was one out of love. We are in a new covenant relationship. Do you know what a new covenant relationship is? It's the new one. <laughs> Sorry. Repentance doesn't cause him to love us. But him loving us causes repentance. 
right? It's, it's through love that changes. It's, it's, uh, we'll get there. This was, this was where, this was the biggest difference between the Pharisees and, and what Jesus was teaching, right? Where the Pharisees doubled down on the law, right? So they took the law and, and they made a law around the law. They made the hedge, and we talked about it. They called the Mishnah. They, they made this around the law, and they made even more rules and more rules and more rules. Jesus came, and he doubled down on love. It was through love. And it, the best way I could describe it is, is through, through marriage, Right? Michael didn't make it today because he was tired, but I was actually going to, gonna, Jayla and Michael were going to get married again today. But we're just going <laughs> to, he actually ruined my whole sermon. I'm sorry. I almost want to pack up and go home. But um, in, our, in our vows, so it's not, we hear the vows and it says, I, Daniel, take thee, Sarah, to be my wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or worse, for richer or poor, in sickness and health, to love and to cherish till death do us part, according to God's holy ordinance, and there to pledge myself to you. Right? That, in there, and, and it's probably, there's probably a lot more things that we promise, right? And there's a lot of things that we don't really, maybe not promise standing up there, but, but we promise about being faithful and we promise about taking care of and we promise to be one, right? When we make that, when we make that, that commitment, we're, we're making a covenant and that covenant's out of love, right? And so that love, that love isn't about a set of rules. It's not about what I have to do in order to stay in the covenant with her. Right? It, it's, it's, I become obedient to what I just said and so much more because I love her. Because I love my wife. It's through love. Like, I don't, I don't go out drinking with my buddies all night and don't come home in the middle of the night because I love my wife. Right? Not because I might suffer her wrath or I'm afraid I'm going to go to jail or something. I mean, I might suffer her wrath. Like if I actually did that, I probably would have some wrath to pay for. But, but I don't do it. It's not my desire to. Because we've made a covenant relationship out of love. And remember, like our love is, is huge, but nothing compared to his. It's, there's a difference between obedience through love and obedience through the law, right? I don't love the police. I don't love them. Like, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't hate them. I don't, not, I love them as people, as God's children. But if I'm speeding and I get pulled over, I don't love them. <laughs> I, don't, I try not to speed. I said try not to. I've been pulled over recently, so I have to confess that. <laughs> but, but 
we don't speed and we don't, we don't break the law and we don't do a lot of things because we're afraid that we're going to get caught and go to jail. I mean, there's probably other reasons why you don't do it, hopefully. But, but it's the law, right? And there's punishment to pay. That's very different than the relationship I have with my wife. And, and yes, I'm an obedient little husband. <laughs> but we are, we're obedient to each other, right? There's a million things I would do for her that I wouldn't do for you. But it's, it's, it's through love, right? See, before I got married, before I met Sarah, I was like most American guys. This was even before I was saved. And I was chasing girls. I was chasing girls, chasing girls, chasing girls. Right? Because that was the thing to do. But I met Sarah. And I changed. Right? My friends probably, they probably hated me. Because all I could think of, they'd be like, let's go to the bar. No, I'm okay. I'm going to call Sarah. I'm going to go visit Sarah. Did you know I'm seeing this girl named Sarah? Sarah, 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 Sarah. Right? You guys remember this, right? Like, this is not just me. You, you remember meeting your first love. But it changed me, right? I stopped doing what I used to do. And I started hanging out with her. I stopped going out with my friends. I stopped chasing other girls. And I was hanging out with her. Right? Because love changes us. This is the type of love. This is the type of covenant relationship that Jesus wants with us. Right? He wants us to obey his commands because we love him. The new covenant relationship, the new promise, the one by faith, is out of love. I look at these kids across the street, and it, it breaks my heart. Because they don't know about the new covenant. Because what Jesus did on the cross, <laughs> he died on the cross for our sins already. We're already forgiven. In fact, when Jesus came, he was going around and saying, your sins are forgiven. And then people would experience him. And he would say, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he would say, repent and follow me. That's not, that's a very different message. That's one of experiencing your God and loving him and him asking you to follow him. He wasn't calling anyone a dinner, dirty sinner. He was saying you are forgiven. And then he, he, he died on the cross for us.
So when these kids, when these people yell, oh, it breaks my heart. Because it honestly, it turns me off from Christianity. <laughs> it does. Like, I'm like, I don't want to be a Christian. <laughs> because it's scary. And, I mean, what are they really doing? Like, even if they were giving the right message, no one could hear them as they're driving by at 35 miles an hour. So I ask, what's their motivation? All people are hearing is, ah, ah, yeah. <laughs> they could be screaming anything. But I think that sometimes people live out of fear of themselves, right? They're trying to earn their way into the kingdom. Because the Bible says to preach the gospel. So by golly, that's what they're doing. I asked them, how many people have you saved today? Zero. I think their heart, and if they had better direction, man, if they felt Jesus' love and they learned how to show people Jesus' love, it would change them. And it would change everyone around them. And they would see so much more fruit. All right. So, I'm sorry. Like, it breaks my heart to see people so on fire for God, misguided. To be preaching the name of Jesus on their lips, but be so lost. I mean, it, it breaks my heart because they don't know him. So when Jesus, I'm sorry, when Jesus, what does it look like to obey Jesus' commands? I need to get back on track. <laughs> so, What's interesting about this section of chapter 14 is they've broke it up into different sections, right? And sometimes it's easy to stop at this section, right, and then start up a new one. But in John 14, 12 through 14, so this is the paragraph um, preceding the, the verse saying, follow, or if you love me, you will follow my commands. He says, very truly I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. And then right from there, he says, if you bring it all together, if you love me, keep my commands. What are we called to do? Anyone? <laughs> We're called to do the works that he's been doing. Jesus came and modeled it for us. And he didn't stand on any corners. And he didn't have a microphone. Or a megaphone. What are those things called? Megaphone. And he didn't have a megaphone. And he didn't preach condemnation. 
We get to do what Jesus did. We are called to be like him. And then after that chapter, we find out how he does it. He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right? If we love him, we keep his commands. And his command is to be like me. And you're going to do even better things than me. And the way you're going to be able to do it is I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is me inside of you. That's good news. That's a different way of preaching. What did Jesus do? He healed the sick and he raised the dead and he cast out demons. Right? And he forgave people for their sins. He didn't condemn them for them. He preached the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He didn't preach you're going to hell. This is great. If in the next chapter, chapter 15, right? I am the vine, you are the branches, right? We can do nothing without him. So if we bring all this together, Jesus is, says, is saying, you are called to do what I'm doing. And the works will be even greater. And you're going to do this and you're going to follow this if you love me. I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you stay in me, you're going to bear much fruit. And apart from me, you bear nothing. Right? It is up to us to bear fruit. Jesus has called us to be part of his plan. Not because he has to, but because he did. For whatever reason, we get to be the branches. Because I'll tell you one thing, vines don't produce fruit without branches. We look at it the other way, but I look at it the other way. <laughs> right? What if, what if he had no branches? Where's the fruit going to be produced? We get to be part of this. This is good news. This is not condemnation. The law, right? The law, the law, the law, the law of the Old Testament is now written on our hearts. It's written on our hearts because it's through love that we keep his commands. It's because we love him. Because we want to be with him. And we want to be like him. Not because we have to, but because we get to. Just like I don't do a lot of things that I did when I was single. N not because I can't. Like if I, 
If I went around and I mess around with other girls and I try to hide it from my wife, right? How could I say I love her? I couldn't. If my motivation was like being punished by her, suffering a wrath or divorce or she's going to take half my money or all that nasty stuff that comes with it, my motivation is love. I don't do it because I love her, not because of the consequences. Because I got a lot of friends, or I had a lot of friends, or I know a lot of people that weren't faithful. And their biggest concern was whether they would get caught or not. But they still did it. Because they were trying to be obedient by rules. They were trying to be obedient and risk the wrath. But I said, do you really love your wife? If you really love your wife, how could you do that? How could you even think about someone else? That's the type of relationship Jesus wants with us. We saw how well the wrath, the rules, the law worked in the Old Testament. <laughs> right? But he's calling us into a different type of covenant. One of love. I don't even know where I'm at, but that's okay. <laughs> so Jesus, remember Jesus tells Peter, if you love me, you will feed my sheep. He didn't say, feed my sheep or suffer my wrath. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't a very good evil laugh, huh? If you love me, feed my sheep. It's out of love. It's out of love. It's, it's... I'm going to drive by there tonight because I want to hug each and every one of those kids. And I don't know if it's an every Sunday thing, but it was scary to me. Because this is what the world hears. These are the people that they get put on the news. <laughs> and we need to love them too. Because they need to know Jesus. They need to quit being afraid. They need to quit living out of fear. Because I wonder, where are they going to be in five years? Where are they going to be in 10 years? Religion kills faith. I share the love of Jesus with a lot of people. And so many people don't believe in Jesus anymore. Because they were brought up in an environment of fear. 
so many. And this just energizes those people that are against us. Because they say, how can he be full of love and be screaming at me from a corner on a megaphone? So the message that we should be preaching is Jesus loves you so much. And he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to experience him in a real way. He wants to experience you in a real way. He already died on the cross for your sins. You're already forgiven. You were forgiven before you actually did it. And he just wants you to come into a relationship with him. He wants you to follow him. He doesn't see any of that garbage. He doesn't see the alcoholism or the, the drug use or the, the whatever else they were, they were condemning people for. He doesn't see it. He sees you. He sees a child of God that he created and he says, this is very good. And I want my child back. Fall in love with him. Fall in love with him. Always fall deeper in love with him. There's so much more for you. There's so much more of him. And as you do, all that garbage will go away. Not because you can't do it anymore, but because you're not going to want to do it anymore. Don't worry about the rules. Focus on him. Because if we believe in Jesus, if we believe that he rose from the grave, and we believe in his power, then we're going to believe that he can transform our lives. It's not really about what we can and can't do either, anyway. Because I couldn't stop doing what I was doing before I met Jesus. He transformed me. And that's the message we need to preach. So Jesus loves you. And I am so thankful for you. And I want to encourage you. And, and we can pray for and I'll pray for it, But I want to encourage you to seek a deeper relationship with him. To go deeper with him. And then when you think you've gone deep enough, go deeper still. Because he wants all of you. And it's not about what you can and can't do right now. It's not about what you are or aren't doing right now. Because as you fall in love with him, you're going to begin to look like him. As you fall in love with him, you're going to start doing as he commanded. Because that's who you're going to be. And that's who we are. So let me pray. Jesus, I first pray for the people that are, are, are so on fire for you, but are so lost. I pray that you come to them and you reveal yourself of love and truth in ways that they cannot deny. I pray that, that you give them, give them questions to ask their leaders. <laughs> 
God, I pray that you help me show them who you are. And Jesus, I, I pray for us. I pray that you show us how to love you more. I pray that you teach us how to go deeper with you. I pray that when we feel like we've got all the love of you, that you reveal to us so much more, God. I'm going to pray this until we have it all. So you should just give it all to us right now. <laughs> I thank you, Jesus. I thank you. It's not about what I can and can't do, but it's about love. I thank you. And I recommit to you the covenant of love. Teach us how to do it better. It's in your mighty name I pray. Amen.